Many people don't get what they want from what they do. Not from their jobs, sometimes not their families, the government, their religion, and most importantly, not themselves. In our culture, something's missing. Part of what is missing is purpose, values, worthwhile standards against which our lives can be measured. The unexamined life is not worth living, and that was said by Socrates about 2,000 years ago. I think it's correct. If you don't examine your life, you most likely will scramble about seeking distraction in media, people's approval, drugs, shallow things. The thing that drives me to do this show and much of what I do is to try and influence people to start believing themselves by firstly starting to think for themselves. I want to learn from people who seem to be on a similar path of self-discovery in business, leadership, relationships, education, mental health and physical health and more. If we can really start to take our life seriously, I mean like as if we're not coming back, as if this is all we're guaranteed of in this life, then we really start listening and really want to examine what life is all about. I made a film for the film class and we sent it to a few film festivals and it won, it pretty much cleaned up every most film festivals we went to. You're listening to the Examine Life podcast with Matt Purcell. 2019 is in full swing and I really hope you've had a good time of rest, good time catching up with your family and that you're inspired to achieve your goals for this year. I began the new year with a bit of holidaying with the family, my two daughters and my wife, and we came back and we decluttered everything. We looked at our schedule, we looked at our clothing, we looked at spare cutlery and plates and cups, and we literally had dozens of bags we gave away to charity. We threw out so many things, and the consequence of that was space in every way. Time was retrieved because we didn't have to clean. We weren't finding ourselves cleaning the house from all these things being ripped out by toddlers. Our emotions to these things were really triggered because it really reminded me of how so many of us hold on to things from the past, not because they have some daily utility to them. We hold on to old trophies or we hold on to, to past notes and letters or you know just sentimental things that have some type of past memory to it. And we're watching this Netflix show. I can't remember the name right now, but it was this beautiful Asian lady who goes and visits people and declutters their life, and declutters their house. And she sits down and does this kind of spiritual exercise where she gets them to close their eyes and thanks the house for the memories. And so often, so many people cry in these episodes because they realize um, how much they're holding on to things and they're saying goodbye and, and they're grateful for those things. And I think that's really transferable in our emotional headspace. If you look at the law of diminishing returns in economics, it really states that if you have all this input and it's you just keep getting more and more and more without looking at the bank that's being put in, after a certain point, the things that get put into your life have a diminishing return. They have diminishing value. And I think so often we don't think about that when we hold on to things without really knowing why. My first guest for the podcast this year was actually recorded late last year with one of the most gifted young content creators, in my opinion, in the world. He's working with Qantas, Audi Motors. He's pitched a massive campaign to Samsung, which they've actually run with. And he creates amazing work that gets shown around the world. He's only in his early 20s now. This guy is kind of like a guy that you would look at and be like, man, 
this guy is on fire. Like, you kind of envy how talented and creative he is. He's um, a wonderful person to talk to. And what I like about him, he's well-rounded and he really respects and cares about mental health and mental illness in our country. And one of the things he's done with his influence and his platform is draw attention to the Are You OK campaign, which is a campaign that focuses a day or two a year around asking that question, hey, are you OK? Like, it's about mental health. It's about having a tough conversation and an authentic conversation with your loved ones because we know that suicide is a massive cause of death in our country and the rise of uh, depression and anxiety and even the lack of knowledge and education around autism and, and clinical mental illness. That is a huge need right now in our society where so many people battle with mental illness and mental health challenges and they just go around being judged and misunderstood. We need people of influence to be able to help share these ideas around to draw attention to the important matters in our society. So I dig into his story. How did he start out doing content creating? Was it just a gift? Was it innate? Like what challenges and opportunities did he face so far we're going to talk about the are you okay campaign we're talking about for the techies out there we're going to talk about what gear he uses right now what he edits on it's a fascinating conversation with sam evans so please follow him on instagram at sam evans life without further ado i'd like to introduce our very first guest on the examine life podcast mr sam evans Thanks for your time, man. and um, very inspired by a lot of the things you're doing. And I really want to dig into your story. I really want to get into how your mind works, even with a bit of content creation, how you got to where you are. How old are you, man, for people who are listening? <laughs> so I am 22 years old. Um, <laughs> it's not something I like publicize a lot because I think people treat you a little bit differently when you're younger. And mm, when, you're, when you're working in a professional space, you don't want to kind of be considered a kid, um, I guess. I, that's, my, that's my view on it. Um, yeah, I, I, f- I felt that as well, that pull, that push when I was around that age too, because I'm 62 now and <laughs> I, I don't age very well. Now, um, now when you're, um, yeah, I, I don't like that limitation, but you know what, with, with art, with creation, the work speaks for itself. Yeah. You look at your work, it's like, Dude, this guy's a genius, honestly, <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was just admiring this thing here, just for people here. Yeah. Like, there's lots of YouTubers that follow you, and yeah, it's 100,000 is pretty good. It could be a million one day for sure. Yeah, we're working yeah. on it. We're chipping away. I think we're at about 160 now, so slowly but surely. It's pretty cool, man. Uh, Thank so you. So I want to dig in, man. You've been working with Samsung recently. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I've been working with Samsung for about maybe a year and a half now. Um, uh, they kind of wanted to make a serious push around that time when I started um, to kind of make Samsung cool. Because mm. um, I think in the past, Samsung as a brand has been perceived to be very clunky, very techy um, and un- unaccessible for mm. a lot of people. Um, but the reality is they've really put a lot of time into their products, especially their phones, and um, are trying to kind of come back and, and kind of get become a household name again which they are still I mean, they make appliances and all that stuff but yeah uh, so they kind of came to me and they said look we love what you do as a filmmaker we'd love to to work with you and at first it was just kind of testing out the phone and seeing how it was going and uh, once I kind of got used to the phone and, and got around it I my eyes like it, to be honest like it took me when I got the phone it took me three weeks to 
to kind of retrain my brain to use the phone. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And at first I was like, nah, I'm going to give the phone back. I don't like this. No. Mm-hmm. And I said, nah, I should give this a proper try. Um, gave it three weeks. And at, on literally on the, the like three week period, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, I love this. <laughs> um, it's such a powerful tool, especially for me in my field um, working and in terms of uh, file transfers and um, the way that the phone's laid out, you can kind of mold the Samsung to, to work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a brand working with them over the last year and a half, it's the first time I've ever kind of got to work with a brand who empower me to do me. Mm. I got a lot of brands come to me and they say, hey, we love you. We love your work. Um, here's a brief and, and do this. And I kind of go back to them and pitch it. And they're like, yeah, we love that. But we just want you to change this, um, change the beginning, change the end in the middle. Yeah, fix that up, Mike. <laughs> change Sweet. everything. So <laughs> you, you don't want me for me. You, I'm just like a, like a robot for you. So, yeah. But Samsung, they're like, what do you want to do? Like blue sky. And I go to them with like 10 ideas and three of them, they're like, yeah, let's do that. Um, and then they, they, they back it up and do it and help me get there. So it's great to kind of be supported by a brand who, who appreciate you as a creative for you and uh who kind of have no limits so you've done a lot of work with so many other places too you've- so i kind of have four main brands that i work with um as an in, a, in both like a ambassador capacity with my social media but also as a content creator um mm. i guess that's kind of the the double-edged sword that i have but like before my social media started i was just a filmmaker just bashing out content for anyone and everyone so Mm. i guess in terms of a traditional influencer i have that extra little bit that i can offer to brands um so i have have i work with Qantas um as an ambassador and creating content uh audi uh gopro and samsung you just got a box in you just then yeah we got a little package today um by the time this video comes out yes uh this will be released to the world but uh i think tomorrow actually um, this comes out. This is the new Hero 7 Black from GoPro. Wow. Um, in terms of a move up from the 6, we're not going to see a lot of change physically. It's actually all black now, which I think looks cool. Looks yeah, pretty that's, I love, love um, The resolutions are all the same, but the thing that they've really changed is the uh, stabilization. Mm. This thing... I can't even describe to you. So they've, they've released a, a teaser clip online and the, the camera's mounted to a, a BMX rider's helmet and he's going up jumps and doing like all sorts of tricks and the, it just looks like it's on a gimbal. Like, no way. I, I have no idea how they've done it, but this tiny camera uh, is essentially like a one-stop shop for any kind of action, anything. So yeah, super exciting. Uh, I literally, as you can see, I haven't even taken it out of the box yet. So stay tuned for the uh, comprehensive review. Nah, <laughs> there's other channels for that. But no, yeah. I, I'm gonna. I'm really excited to put this thing to the test. It's great to have the official unboxing on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. This, this is, is it. it yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's great, man. You've that's pretty cool. You get to work with these guys at the at the age of 22, which is I, I think it's more impressive than it is oppressive. If you yeah, know what I mean. yeah, I think so. It's very impressive. Um, and I want to know. How the hell you began? Like, <laughs> what were you like as a kid? You know, and were you interested in this stuff? Were yeah. you putting things to pieces? Were you stealing <laughs> camera? Was even like filmmaking a thing that you you knew from a young age you wanted to do, or was it just tell us a story about that? Yeah, so I went to high school at a place called Newington College over 
in the city, in Sydney, and uh, I was a boarder there, so I went to boarding school um, mm-hmm. all through school and came home on the weekends. Um, and yeah, I was there on a music scholarship. I was, I was a musician um, as a kid, and uh, I, I was always making kind of mucking around with dad's film camera. I actually made a replica of Jackass when I was in year six. Wow. Um, it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> is, is that somewhere? My, um... it, it's not on the internet, thank God. <laughs> but uh, if you get a couple of red wines into my mum, I'm sure she'd be uh, completely <laughs> proud to show it one day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I uh, studied music all through high school and had a massive passion for that. And in year 10, I signed up. There was this uh, English class you could sign up for called film English Film. And basically, they'd spend half the year doing the normal English course and then half the year doing film. And I was like, sweet, like half. And at first, I was like, oh, half the amount of English, like, sign me up. (laughs) I love film, but like, not having to do schoolwork is awesome. (laughs) And uh, made a film for for the film class and we sent it to a few film festivals and it won, pretty much cleaned up every. Most film festivals we went to. What did you shoot it on? For uh, the techies it, out it there. Was, like, oh. It was like a Sony Handycam, had the strap, flip screen. <laughs> um, pretty sure it just shot in 1080, nothing nothing fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a thing called, a film called Little Things. And it was about an uh, older, older guy with some mental health issues, kind of struggling to fit into society. Uh, I think he had, like, he had Asperger's and some other mental health issues. Um, and yeah, it was about him with his collection of toys um, trying to fit into society. So yeah, it was, it was, it was an interesting concept. And yeah, I, I sh- um, helped shoot it and edit it. And uh, a couple of other friends of mine in the class directed it and script wrote it and stuff. But yeah, mm. and that kind of first taste of putting all this hard work into a film and then going to a film festival and sitting in a room of maybe like 600 people and looking around at everyone watching your film and like just like there's something to be said about watching other people consume your content like and be encapsulated and fascinated Mm. and then also the payoff of then it being regarded so highly that we'd win um was it was it was cool like you're six right uh, no, sorry, year ten. Year ten. So, so yeah. year ten, and that would have ma- that would have given you a massive boost of encouragement. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It just kind of showed me that, like, yeah, this this is something that I'm clearly good at, and mm. um, I I got a lot of personal fulfillment out of it. So that was the first taste, and then for the kind of later half of high school, I would just make like videos at at school um, of the different sporting teams. Like, so I'd make, film the rugby all season and then make like an epic rugby montage, um, <laughs> just cut it to like a sick dubstep track or something. People love that stuff in a And, and uh, like, I made one for our rowing team mm. and it got like, I think it's at like 40,000 views on YouTube at the moment. So when you're in, yeah, when you're in year 11 and you post a video on YouTube and it gets 30,000 views, like that was my first taste of putting something on the internet and it going well. well. So then I was like, oh shit, like this is, this is really cool. Um, and yeah, that, that was when it kind of cemented that filmmaking was something that I wanted to do. Yeah, wow. Well. And uh, the music kind of took a back seat um, and that kind of was still like at the center of filmmaking is for me music. So I, I was constantly referencing music and it was great having that music background and being yeah. able to work with musicians and speak their language mm. when it linked back to film. Um, so yeah, then I, I left school, high school, um, didn't do very well at school at all, actually yeah. like completely 
butchered my HSC, uh, partially to the fact that I was just editing videos well, <laughs> when I should have been studying. Yeah. Um, because I just, I loved it and it just excited me and yeah, I didn't, so I left school and applied for a film school called Afters. Mm-hmm. Um, and where's, where's Afters? Afters is over at Fox Studios in Sydney. It's okay. called the Australian Film, Television and Radio School. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 4,000 people applied that year for the course mm-hmm. and they picked 60 or 50 people wow and uh yeah i, I made it into film school which was cool that's pretty cool um yeah. and did a year there um with the foundation diploma got my diploma and at the end of the year i I'd, I'd learned a lot about the industry and how to kind of work in a collaborative nature with other people mm. but i found i didn't really like i wanted to just be hands-on hands-on hands on a camera making 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 and film school was very orientated towards the nuance of film and the art of storytelling, which is very important. Yeah. But in my young, hot-headed filmmaking self, I just wanted to be shooting in like, I wanted to use a red and like, all the, <laughs> I just wanted to like make stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end of film school, I actually got offered a scholarship to stay and do a bachelor in screen. Yeah. And uh, I said, thank you, but no thank you. And they said, are you sure? Because I, I think they re- they wanted me to stay, and I said um, I'm I'm good, and they so they put it on hold. Actually, I can. This was the last year that I could have accepted it still and gone back to film school. Wow. Um. So I've always had that as a as a fallback, but I from there I kind of from film school I, I left and I went traveling, and that's kind of when my eyes were like, wow, like this is this is fun. Um. And yeah, I then met a talented chef by the name of Hayden Quinn mm-hmm. um, he'd just left MasterChef and think he was in the top three mm-hmm. and he wanted to start a YouTube channel for cooking yeah but also kind of add a little bit of a fun twist to it and he put a post up on Facebook saying hey guys I'm looking for a young talented filmmaker um, does anyone know anyone and my cousin uh, Ali Gillette who was in love with this guy <laughs> tagged me being like dude you should send him a message I was like oh he'll never read it anyway I sent him a message turns out he lived like three streets away from me no way we met for coffee that afternoon and the next day I was his filmmaker wow and uh, between me and Hayden we made about 35 travel cooking videos um, a series called Unrefined mm-hmm. and it's basically the concept was going out into like a remote location and cooking in nature and working in kind of travel and lifestyle into that. Nice. Um, nice. And he took me over to Bali um, on, a, on a trip um, with a health and fitness retreat and he said, I'm, I'm not coming if I can't bring my videographer and they're like, yeah, you can bring him and uh, took me over to Bali and at the health and fitness retreat, they were bringing, this was in 2014. So influencer marketing was still in its very early stages of becoming a thing. And uh, yeah, the, in, the retreat had brought over three social media influencers to kind of help do their thing. And I kind of came over with Hayden. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were there, I met these people. And uh, one of them went by the name of Jay Alvarez, <laughs> who at the time had just posted his first YouTube video with Alexis, his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Wow. And he was on like 200,000 Instagram followers at the time. So he was very like, this was like early on in his yeah. stage. Um, another girl called Sienna Earp, mm-hmm. um, Sienna Elise on Instagram and uh, a girl called Hannah Polites. And it was this weird thing where I was like, me and Jay are like the same age. And I was like, here's this guy traveling the world, making videos and photos and putting them on Instagram and YouTube. And 
making a living out of it. And it was the first time I, I was like, dude, you, how do you have 200,000 subscribers? Like, I thought Instagram was just for like your, your mates. Like, <laughs> like just, yeah. I thought everyone had 500 friends and that was it. Like, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize people were starting to make a, a business out of it. And it like, just, I was like, wow. And it's not just like putting it out to the ether. You have 200,000 people who like specifically what you do like it was a, it was a way i'd never seen anyone find a medium where they could target specific people that they wanted to talk to you know mm. and uh yeah so he was like and i had maybe like 1500 followers at the time like nothing mm. and uh yeah he was like dude why don't you start putting your stuff up and i was like yeah good idea <laughs> I, thought, I should probably do i should probably do that it's funny how those things happen and uh, yeah, yeah, so, and then, yeah, he, he gave me a little shout out and got up to 5,000 and then like mm. 6,000 and then, yeah, f- from there, that was kind of the start of my social media crusade um, and then I just started traveling more and more um, and then I went to, the, went, the, the thing that really kind of ticked me over the edge was uh, about a year later, I went to Europe for the first time mm. um, with my friends Chris and Rochelle and... Uh, we, we did a big Europe trip. It was probably about four months. Mm-hmm. And over that trip, I made about 15 travel videos that I put on YouTube. Mm. And they were all, I, at the time, I was really happy with them. I look back now, I'm like, they're pretty sloppy. But <laughs> at the time, I was like, sick. So my YouTube channel had about 45, 40 clips on it of good content that I was really happy with. And I had about a thousand subscribers mm. so i was like early days early days and uh when i got to london i got this direct message from a guy called actually i won't say his name yet yeah <laughs> i got a i got a direct message from this instagram guy saying hey mate i've followed you for about two years now i really love your stuff um i see you in london i've got all this camera stuff but i don't know how to use it really i don't really know how to take great photos do you want to hang out and can you show me some stuff <laughs> And I, cl- I clicked on his account and it was like 4.5 million followers. I was like, is this Justin Bieber? Like, yeah, <laughs> may as well have been. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I didn't really know what he did. I just thought he was like an Instagram model or something. So right. got the train down, met up with him and he was vlogging. And I'd never seen anyone. Vlo- I didn't know what vlogging was. I, I, I kind of did, but I'd never seen anyone do it in person. And he was vlogging the whole day and... Uh, yeah, it turns out he is a YouTuber called Alfie Days. He has a channel called Pointless Blog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had about 10 million YouTube subscribers. Wow, dude. Um, and yeah. he was like, oh, we're going to go for lunch and meet up with my friend. Do you want to come? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Go to lunch. We're sitting down. And then this big, tall guy with dreadlocks walks in. And he's also vlogging. And I was like, he looks really familiar. And I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, that's fun for Louis. One of my one of my childhood inspirations wow. on YouTube. I used to literally, I used to literally finish class, and then at recess go to the library and oh, watch shit. his daily vlog. Wow! In, in when I was in year eight and year nine, were you a bit starstruck? Hundred percent. <laughs> he like went in for the handshake, and I like went in for the hug. <laughs> and uh, it was yeah, that was proper like starstruck. Anyway, both of them are vlogging and we're hanging out, and I'm like. I mean, like, it was so weird watching, having watched his vlogs to then be like, I'm, I'm in a live vlog right now. Anyway, <laughs> later that day, we were back at Alfie's studio and he was like, oh, show us some of your videos. And I was showing him my YouTube channel. And he's like, these are incredible. And even Louis was like, wow, bro, like, this is sick. Like, 
Um, and both of them on their vlogs were like, yeah, you guys should go and check out Sam. He's just started his YouTube channel. Um, wow. Yeah. And then th- three weeks later, I, I was on 100,000 subscribers. <laughs> so it was literally like zero to a hundred real quick um and going off that momentum i tried to start daily vlogging because i was like oh those guys can do it i can do it as well got about two weeks of daily vlogs and i was i was done i was like no i have so much respect for these guys it was it was very hard so yeah that's that's kind of how everything kicked off since then it's kind of been about refining it and and still trying to find find my vibe and, and where I fit in the in the internet. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny because you, you don't, in that, how you told that story, you weren't super ambitious about being oh, girls. It's really, it really nice because it's like, so there's a lot of people out there that are, are wanting the quick big bang magic pill. Like I want, mm. Sam, give me a shit. I got it. Yeah, yeah. But you sound like you were just like putting your, you're just putting stuff out there, finding your way and you were like, just making as much as he can, like mm. trying to get better. Yeah, I think at first it was it was really just about creating for the sake of creating. Out, it came from a very passionate yeah. place. Yeah, that's um, cool. And I I never really considered going down the social media influencer route, or and that wasn't even in my my radar until it was shown in front of you that it was possible. Like, hey, yeah, guys but and, and t- even still, like, I hate the word influencer. Yeah, I call them influencers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, talk more about that. Uh, talk more about that. I just, I just think, like, because I come from like a filmmaking background and kind of a little bit more refined, I hate kind of being put in a very stock standard box, box yeah. with other people like. Um, like models and stuff like that, or mm. people who are just kind of famous for famous sake. Mm. Um, I think there's a little bit more meaning and craft to the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think going back to what you were saying about that that big bang and kind of me taking off, like I've thought off, I've thought long and hard about it, and I think what it came down to was that my channel was good to go when they gave me the the, the shout out. Um, had I not had any videos on my YouTube channel. Yeah. People would have gone across and been like, mm. like probably, but like, so I think the biggest thing I can say to anyone is if you're looking to try and uh, get help from other people with followings, make sure your stuff is dialed first. Because <laughs> mm. if you, yeah, if you get a shout out from someone and you've got plenty of content and people can go onto your channel and go, okay, that's what you do. I love it. Subscribe. That's like the best way to go about it. That's so so I, I was, it, it was right place, right time. And I'm a massive believer in the universe and kind of just being a good person, putting out good good energy, and mm-hmm. you'll always get that back. There's a quote I, I live by. It's in a business quote. It's like, good marketing makes a bad product fail faster. Yeah, right. So if you've got good marketing, someone gives you a shout-out, for example. Yeah, okay. And your product's not ready, this makes it fail faster. But yeah. it's like, well, well that's, that's, that's really That's a great one. I like um, that's interesting. Like, did you learn how much of the skill... Like when you look at your film, like you know what you're doing, obviously. Like because there's lots of techies probably watching mm-hmm. as well. That really yeah. interested in how you make things. Shout out to techies, I love. Yeah, techies. I'm, before a filmmaker, before a social media person, I'm the biggest nerd, and I love it. <laughs> can, we, can we go a little bit nerdy for let's the nerd go. out there? Let's do it. Like um, let's because you filmed on a handy cam, the first one. Yep. Like, were you always upgrading or trying to get better cameras? Like, what's your philosophy around cameras? Like. Yeah. And all that at the moment, because yeah. So I b- bought that Sony Handycam. I had to work for a clothing brand called Insight, 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, know that I worked in their factory for like two school holidays to save up a thousand bucks to buy this handy cam. That's so good, man. And uh, <laughs> I was I put in the I put in the works. So I was like, I'm not getting rid of this anytime soon. Like I want to milk it until I'm in a more financially better spot and also like a better creative spot to like do it. Like, um, and then I moved up to like a Canon EOS 600D or something Mm -hmm. and milked that for all it was worth. And then I finally, right at the time that I went over to Bali, got my 5D. Um, But yeah, I I honestly believe in um, storytelling. And if you have a story, it doesn't matter what it's shot on, people are going to connect. Yeah, that's good. Um, But yeah, that being said, once I had all of the filmmaking tools and creatively felt I was in the right place and had a bit more work coming in to have the, the money to be able to buy it, that's when I started investing and, and, and getting the gear. Um, I uh, did, a, did a project with Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from that day I met him, we're now quite close friends and I've been on plenty of trips with him all around the world and I helped him film a campaign in Montana for their tourism board. For free, I was just wanted to be there because it was fun. Yeah. And uh, he, as a thank you, he bought me a Sony A7S II oh. um, with a G Master lens. That's so nice. Yeah, it was. Thanks, it, Louis. I was, I was, I was in tears when he gave it to me. I was oh. like, "This is outrageous." <laughs> so that was a really great platform to start. That was the first professional kind of film camera that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I the Sony A7S II is great for video, and I love it. I love the video on it, and the stabilization on it, and the low light is just phenomenal. But for me, the photos on it really kind of are still lacking. Mm-hmm. So I was using my 5D3 for photos and a Sony for video. And it just seemed pointless carrying two lenses, uh, two sets of lenses, two bodies, two sets of batteries, two chargers. It was mm-hmm. just a nightmare. So I need a one-stop for everything. Uh, and that's when I found the 1DX Mark II. Um, and that's it, when you found the uh, portrait mode on an iPhone. Yeah, and that's <laughs> when I... Uh, <laughs> um, but... The 1DX Mark II takes incredible videos uh, and incredible photos and mm. has battery life for, for, for days. And it, it was, honestly, it's the, the dream camera for me. So Let me ask you some Spitfire questions about some stuff like what do you edit on, yeah. what are your videos on? Yeah, so I edit on uh, Adobe Premiere Pro mm-hmm. and uh, that's, that's it. I hate going into After Effects. <laughs> I will do everything I can to steer clear of After Effects because it yeah. just scares me. Um, probably not the best. I should probably take time and learn it. But I've... To this day, I've gotten away with never touching After Effects. So, wow. Yeah, um, cool. yeah. I try and do as much of, a, what, of any kind of special effects, like in camera, um, because, yeah, I think it just looks a bit more natural than kind of the manipulated version you can achieve on After Effects. So. Yeah, do you yeah. use any particular LUTs or transitions that you... Yeah, know? so I, for the last two years, I, I made a LUT two years ago, and I've just kind of used that which has been great. Uh, I literally just use one color preset for all of my videos. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've started making a few more now that I've picked up a few more skills. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just have one light that I use on everything um, and I do it in Premiere, color it in Premiere using Lumetri color, which is just a drag and drop um, effect that you can take from the effects panel. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there's that. And uh, yeah, I I literally just use Premiere. It's, It's honestly what the most empowering software because it literally just comes down to how creative you can be. Like all the tools are there and all you can get so many plugins for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it literally just, I love it because it's just a one-stop shop. Mm, that's awesome. Okay, so if you had to take one camera, like I'll put you in a situation. Okay. You could just choose one camera to put to take on a plane, only one, what would you take? And you go in over to uh, Bali and 
To Bali. Yeah. One lens? Yeah, let's just make this real, like... <laughs> okay. Um, I'd probably take my 1DX with my 11 to 24, mm-hmm. um, which is my run and gun setup. I'll grab it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, because most of my content goes on to Instagram, um, I love the width of this lens because wow, um, it gives you a lot of room to play and then you can punch in with 24. Look at um, that, look at that. Look at there's that a lot man. of glass. It's a lot of glass. Um, I just still don't know how I haven't scratched it. That's <laughs> incredible. Um, yeah, this is, this is my go-to setup um, for anything I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love it for it as, as a travel rig. It's bloody heavy, but... Uh, yeah, it looks good. <laughs> 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 that is heavy man like one arm would be like this is yeah like a but to be fair the weight of the camera lends itself well to video because mm. i find the sony because it's quite small in your hand it's the shakes are amplified mm. a bit of weight kind of gives you something to hold on to and when you're walking kind of helps dampen out the the shake so i tell a lot of my kids that i mentor um because i've got this one kid i can think of he'll be listening uh, i drill him all the time what's his name ah uh, his name's jack Shout out to Jack. There's always a crazy guy named Jack, we know. Love your work, Jack. Jack, um, Jack's blessed with a lot of, his family's blessed with a lot of gear. He's like 14, okay? So we'll <laughs> talk to the 14 out here, right? Okay. He's got a green screen. I'm telling you, he's got a lot of stuff, wow. right? And um, he's always wanting the newest thing or the best thing, yeah. right? And I, I put him through this situation. It's like, mate, if I could get the gear from Steven Spielberg's studio and give it to you, and he had your gear, he would make a better video. Yeah. He's like, don't say you would like, like <laughs> you could give him an iPhone or a Samsung and I reckon these guys would make a good film. And like you've, mm. you've shown such great skill with using the Samsung for the latest, yeah. um, latest clip you did. Talk a little bit about that because there's some people out there that may be like, oh, I don't have the good gear. I don't have it, but they might have a phone. They might have whatever they've got. Yeah. You took whatever you had in your hands and, and used it to tell a story and to, what advice would you give the people like well, Jack? In that year 10 film class, uh, my teacher, Terence Priester, used to just say it over and over again. Story. Why? Why do I care? Every time he'd, we'd have to go and pitch our film, he'd sit there and I'd be like, and then the character does this. And he goes, why? And I go, because of this. And he goes, why? And he'd just keep asking why until my story was so clear that I was like, yeah, that's, that's why. <laughs> so I think for me... Uh, Elon Musk talked about it in his podcast with Joe Rogan the other day, um, and it, it's called Limbic Resonance. And it's basically uh, using everyday emotions and feelings that everyone feels and, and putting that in your content, and that equals engagement. So I think for me, storytelling, having a story that, and then having emotions and things in that story that people can relate to and they can connect with is probably the best way to kind of achieve any kind of video that you're going for. Because um, otherwise people don't care. You, you gotta make, give reason to people to care and to keep watching. If you're just kind of laying down really beautiful clips from a beautiful camera in slow-mo, you can find that anywhere on the internet. That's true. And, and, and it's becoming, the internet's becoming more and more saturated these days with content. You need to cut through and you need to hold people's attention and and value people's attention like if someone's taking 30 60 seconds out of their day amongst a massive feed of just content to watch your stuff you have to treat that with the respect and that it deserves and and kind of yeah that's probably answers 
a lot of my questions about with the saturation online with content, what makes someone stand out? Mm. What you said there is so brilliant because it's like value the attention of the viewer and ask why if you tell what's some practical tips that you'd give to like a guy like Jack um, or anyone to try and get, nut out that why? Like, is it like, um, have you done storyboards before? Have you just written down pen on paper? You just had conversations with friends ask, asking you questions about yeah. your stuff? I think in the, the style of filmmaking that I do, it's very run and gun. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really make a lot of narrative content anymore. All of it's kind of with brands or, I mean, I guess brand stuff's kind of narrative. But I think for me, when I'm out shooting, it's about capturing every moment or part of the journey or the story mm-hmm. so that then when you go back to the to edit it you have everything and you can make anything mm-hmm. um so i think the the tips was just just think about it as if you were watching it before it's even made mm-hmm. and what would you in the context of whatever story you're doing what would you expect to see to help you understand how how it's unfolding Mm. Um, if that makes sense, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, oh, that makes heaps yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I just kind of think, okay, uh, if, even if something simple, I'm going to take my dog for a walk. It's like, all right, get up, grab the lead, like grab the dog. We're going for a walk. Like just set all, like setting, setting up the story as you go. Um, and that can be done. That doesn't have to be done with words or voiceovers, but through shots. And that's how I try and tell my story. My teacher always used to say, show, don't tell. Yes, of He's course. like, show, don't tell. Show, don't tell. I just want to see it. And I want to see it not blatantly. Mm. It's not like picking up the lead now. Like, just like, how can you, how can you tell that story and ma- let people figure it out for themselves? Mm. You don't want to kind of feed it to them because then they're not learning anything and they're probably not engaged. Whereas if you're kind of just giving them enough so they can kind of string it together and figure it out, people feel good when they're watching a video and they figure it out. They're like, oh, yeah. I know what he's doing I there. I, I'm, I'm following along. Because like, you don't want to insult people's intelligence at the no, same time. Yeah, you know, exactly. It, yeah. People are smarter than you think. Yeah. We're going to take a short break, Sam. Yeah. And when we come back, I want to ask you a little bit about, briefly on the business side, like how, do, how would you suggest someone get into maybe making a, a career out mm-hmm. of this, like yourself? And also into, are you okay, um, some of your yeah. life um, principles? That'd be really cool. I've launched Q Media this year and we're doing lots of content creating for big companies. So I'm doing a piece with Ford Motors next month. I'm also, I've done stuff with Range Rover last year and we've signed up a few retainers already for some big companies which I'll um, announce very soon in the next episodes. But Q Media is really a company that creates engaging content for businesses because we know with our social media landscape now that the quality margin needs to be competitive in order to engage people's attention, even your current customers. Because I've had so many inquiries come through social media and so many new sales come through for businesses because I've been willing to put the time into creating some good content because it's about respecting people's attention and attention is value. So if you're interested in finding out about that, how about you go to qmedia.co, that's a C-O, couple other businesses we've got the green room we've got the green hub we've got speaking we've got products coming out some very exciting things in the works for 2019 and i can't wait for you to hear about that and to share that with you so sam you have to many people a dream job <laughs> yeah. like seriously you've traveled to how many countries like yeah i think it's about 48 or 49, 49 countries yeah. 
Um, you've got some great, you're working with some great brands. You've worked with some amazing people, seeing some, you've lived a full life at 22. Yeah, and, I um, feel very, very blessed. Very yeah, grateful. For, for people, there'll be, there'll be people out there who really aspire to try and um, make this a career themselves. Like, what is it? Can you give us some tips around, hmm. or how did you make this a career? Like, what's what, what are the ingredients that go into it? I think first and foremost, like, just hard work. Yeah. Um, you really have to um, be dedicated because it's not a traditional uh, lifestyle or what type of work, um, and you're, you're on your own time, you have to really have a lot of discipline um, to say, all right, I've got to stick my head down and work because if the... The thing with this, it's not really a, it's a job, it's a lifestyle um, and um, you have to be able to make time for the work and get the work done and, and ride yourself to, to get it done. The, the clock doesn't really stop or start, it's just kind of 24 hours a day and you have to decide when you're going to get that work done and put the work in. Um, so that's the first one. I think the second one, we were kind of touched on it earlier before, but in a day and age where social media is really starting to kick off and mm. there's a lot of people trying to get into this space mm. it's i even find it hard to cut through the crap these days and and for my stuff to get out there and and when you've taken in consideration things like the the algorithm on instagram that that, that hides your posts and stuff like that from certain people yep. you really have to be mindful about what you're putting online so that it, it cuts through and, and doesn't get lost in in the masses so i think the best way to do it and osha i know touched on it in your last podcast but authenticity like being yourself and adding value to the viewer that they haven't seen before or in a way that they haven't seen it mm. uh, is so important um, because if you're just kind of taking what you've seen from someone else and, and doing it yourself, they're mm. going to they're gonna watch the person that has been doing it for so long already rather than someone who's had a first stab at doing it for the first time. Mm. So I think authenticity is key and being yourself. Um, and... And in that sense of being yourself, like, I think for me, like, when I really started to do well, I started to give more of myself online and kind of show that, show, show that, that unpolished side of me and, 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 and show the, the humanness in what we do. I think it's very easy, easy for people with followings and people look at me and think I have a great life. It's very easy for me to be kind of put on this pedestal and, um, and treated differently, but I think people get a lot of value out of seeing that I'm just a regular guy, have regular problems, mm. I still have to do my own laundry and all that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yes. People, and I think people, once they realize that, they're like, oh, wow. So I think keeping that element of human in it is really important. Yeah. Um, and I think the third one would just be uh, treating it like a business. Yeah. I think some people get it in it for the lifestyle. Um, and if you do it for that, then you're only ever gonna maybe get free holidays to the Maldives. <laughs> mm. That's the be that's that's the cap. But if you treat it like a business and like a job as it is, that's when you can really start to kind of make some make some headway and, and get ahead. Yeah. So what's some business? How how's your business mind work? Were you mentored by someone in your family, or you reached out to yeah. people? You kind of learn along the way. What's some of the business lessons you've learned to be able to take it from a lifestyle, like you said, yeah. to making it more of a career or sustainable? Yeah. I think um, the biggest thing for me was when I kind of hit that ceiling of being of only being able to do so much myself was I had uh, some management that approached me and kind of started to work with me um, because I, I was like, 
this, this company's just hit me up. I'm getting a free trip to, to America and I'm going to shoot all this stuff. And they're like, what are they paying you? I'm like, yeah, I'm getting free flights in a com. Like, that's awesome. That's like worth about 10 Like, No, like, Sam, like yeah. your time is so valuable and you can't mm. go to ANZ when you get home to the bank and give them a free trip. That, that's not going to feed you. And I think because I am still living at home or at the time, like it was very easy for me not to worry about money because I didn't have any yeah, responsibilities too, yeah. or, or um, mm. overheads or living expenses. But I think, yeah, when I started to have to pay for stuff myself, I was like, well, okay, I should probably <laughs> be making some money out of this. So I, I think the, the yeah. thing is uh, when you do get to a point where your content is good, mm. it's about understanding and appreciating your value very good, and your time. I think uh, there's a quote, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's like the most precious and valuable thing you can give anyone is your time Yep. Um, because time is limited and there's only so many hours in a day. Um, so you've got to be really aware that the time you spend is, is worth something. Yeah, it's um, part of your life. You're essentially giving your life yeah. to something. Yeah. And it's something I wish all creatives knew because you do still have people out there giving their time away for free. Mm. And this creates like a false perception in the industry that, creatives will do things for free mm. um, and sometimes I've pitched for, for jobs given them my fee and then they've said oh well we've got Jimmy Two Socks who said he'll do it for free for the trip and I'm like well sweet take him but like the content will probably show for it speak for itself mm. um, and yeah so I, I think it, it's very important that all creatives put their foot down and kind of move together in, in kind of changing this perception with brands that free work is is a thing. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's very important to understand your value. Mm. Uh, it's also very important as uh, in this business to collaborate. I think the whole nature of social media is about kind of working together and, and kind of being connected. Mm. Um, and there's so much good on the internet that can be harnessed and used to your advantage if you're just smart about the way you approach people uh, and the way that you kind of network in a business sense as well. So um, going to as many events and trade shows as you can and meeting the marketing managers for brands, meeting um, the, the content teams for brands, meeting other creatives, direct messaging people who are in the same field as you and going, hey, I'd love to work with you. I'd love to come along and shadow you. I'd love to help out with a shoot. Or mm. um, And early on, like, you got to understand you will have to give a lot of your time for free yeah. um, and not in the sense of doing... Well, it's an investment. Yeah. You see it and not in the sense of giving a brand a bunch of content for free, but mm. like going out and working on a shoot with someone and saying, hey, I'll, I'll give you three hours of my time helping with out with camera stuff for free if you just let me learn from you. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of um, tr free trade in the, in the nature of creative collaboration is mm -hmm. is kind of pretty standard when you're starting off. Um, yep. And yeah, I, I have an intern uh, called Dan Allen working with me now and cool. um, he's he's doing a university degree that requires him to do internship. So he's giving me 80 hours of, of free wow. work, which is amazing. amazing for me. <laughs> um, and I'm doing everything I can to kind of just dump my knowledge on him. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's a great, it's a great partnership because I get, I get help with the work that I need and mm. he gets to learn the tricks of the trade. So that kind of um, trade creatively is, is, is acceptable. It's, it's pretty tough when you get to that place as an artist to 
I think I think what I think you'd experience this where people will say, "Oh, your stuff's really good. Your stuff's really good." But then there's always a voice in the back of your head that goes, "Is it?" Yeah. Yeah, and that it's just this doubt of, "Am I really worth that amount? Yeah. Am I really worth that price? Like that trip to America is pretty damn good, and that's that's um that's an interesting yeah position to be. In, yeah. I mean, I've always been in the mindset of like I'd rather a million experiences over a million dollars, but when it's your job and your life to go and do those things. You need to kind of appreciate that you still need to get paid. And, you do. Um, because I kind of justify it. It's like, well, I could go on this free trip or I could stay in Sydney and work with this brand who want to pay me my full rates. And it's just like... Yeah. It's a bit of respect toward you too. Like, here's the thing. Like, I know when David Beckham was on the market to be, you know, like contracted to a certain club after he finished with Manchester, people were offering him all amounts of money 50 mil like if Australia but we're like hey come play for the Jets <laughs> or we'll give yeah. you 2 mil yeah he'd be like is it arrogant of him to say no yeah it's like no I, I, that's disrespectful no. in a way yeah. to low, try and lowball low me like that but you've got to have that knowledge yourself and belief that hey I'm worth something yeah and it takes it took a, a, a journey yeah, it took a long time for me to realise that uh, and I remember one of the first big jobs that I got uh, was with a company called Skyscanner and my man like they were asking for a 360 video and at the time the technology for 360 wasn't available accessibly mm. so I was working with this big rig that had six GoPros attached to it shooting oh, off in different directions wow. yeah and all cameras were shooting in 1440p at wow. 80 frames a second so that's like I think every minute I was it was about five gigs a minute or something ridiculous. Wow. Uh, probably a bit more than that, actually. It was like five gigs every 30 seconds. And that was a very data-intensive, big project. And I remember my management, I was like, oh, yeah, we might charge him this amount. And they're like, mate, this is a huge project for you. And it's a mass amount of time for you. This is going to take you a couple months. We're going to go in with this. And I was like, like, what? And they're like, no, hear it out. Like, I think... I think this is what you're worth, and I, and Sky Sand, they signed off on it, and uh, I felt like I robbed a bank. <laughs> I was Mate, like, I know what you mean. <gasps> yeah, this, this is a great story, and it's a good lesson I think people need to hear that are content creators and that at that level, that that margin of like just getting free stuff, yeah, and that knowing they need to make a decision to go over to make this a real thing, like a, a sustainable thing. Um, what you said about management is mentorship, a form of mentorship. Yeah. And I, yeah, sorry, going back to that, like I, I don't suggest everyone starting out to go and get a manager. That's oh, not sure, what we yeah. do it. But like, seek, yeah, mentorship. Yeah, someone who um, has your best interest at heart is a bit business, if you're in the business world, having someone who's business minded, who can see you objectively and ask you tough questions and see the opportunities from a different mm. perspective. And that's helped me heaps because when I've done speaking gigs and um, you start, I started off doing it but not for profit for free and traveling Australia and free trips as well and, and um, selling merch on the way and then doing my business stuff on the side. And um, when I first got my big pay gig, I, I felt like I robbed the bank too. I was mm-hmm. like, really, you pay me that much for 80 mm-hmm. minutes? Yeah. That's, that's, this is insanely amazing. But the fact that you are in disbelief that was mm-hmm. shows that you're there for the right reasons. Yeah. It's like, man, I wasn't about the money. Yeah. This is part of the next leg because life is holistic and yeah. you need you need these things to sustain. 
It's an interesting topic. Yeah. I think I think when you start off, you do like for me. I had two years in the dark where I was just my head was down. I was working. I wasn't making a lot of money. But then that if you put in those hard yards early and you build your craft, you build your brand, you build your skills, and you build your network. If you do all that hard yards early, then later down the track, that's when you've kind of earned that. You've earned the right to kind of yep. expect that from a brand and 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 value your time at that level. You that's know? right. So I think it's a it's a long game for sure, and you have to be committed to the long game. Gary Vaynerchuk says you've got to you've got to love the love the love the grind and love mm. love the game. Love, love the hustle. Love the hustle. Hustle, <laughs> hustle grind, baby. Um, talking about intern, I got an intern and he's um he's got autism. And he comes into schools with me oh, and he wow. talks about autism and talks about his uh, experiences with bullying about it and misunderstanding. And he's, he's adopted from Korea just like me. So we're pretty okay. much, we've got a very yeah. strong connection. And um, my background is in mental health and um, we talk a lot about that in schools and across messages. You're big on wellness. You're mm-hmm. big on, like the Are You Okay? Can yeah. You're an ambassador for that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm an ambassador for Are You Okay? So why why is that and why does that what resonates with you with are you okay? I think for me, uh, over the last ten ten years five years, I've known about depression and mental health, and it was always something I thought about, but I'd never experienced it personally, and I hadn't had anyone really close to me that experienced it. And in the last three years, when I've really started to kick off my creative career, I personally have really struggled with mental health Mm -hmm. um when i did that first two weeks of daily vlogging um at the end of the two weeks i was severely depressed and Mm -hmm. didn't leave my house for like a week Mm -hmm. um mainly because like i was putting all this time and energy and concentration into making vlogs and making it as best as i could and being positive and emitting good energy to my audience and I was exhausted. And as soon mm. as the camera would go down, I'd just be like, oh, oh, and it was so hard because at that time I was growing so fast and I had so many people going, man, you look like you have the best life. You must be so happy. You're killing mm. it. Mm. Whereas on the inside, I was like, I'm compromising the quality of my work to put out average videos. I'm tired. I'm not looking after myself. And I had a burnout mm. and it really sucked. It was, I. I, there was a time where I was like, I don't think I want to make videos anymore, and it was, it was just crushing to 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 think that the very thing that drove me to to create, like the very thing that my life was about, like ruined me mm. for a bit. So it was tough, and I took some time off, and kind of haven't really gone back to vlogging since in that capacity. Um, but it really it really rattled me, and I felt if this is me and I only did two weeks of vlogging, there has to be more creatives out there who are struggling and who are going through this. Mm. Um, and that was kind of two, two years ago, three years ago. Um, and so I started to care more about mental health and looking after myself. And then uh, at the start of last year, we, I lost a really, really close family friend um, to suicide. Mm. And it was very close to home like it it really became real um because we knew about it but we didn't know it was that bad Mm. and he was gone and i felt so helpless and so upset about it that i just kind of said 
I really have to do something about this. And I think when you have a social media audience and a, a, a large following, everyone has a responsibility to kind of um, do the right thing and to kind of show a, the broadness of their lives. And this was going on in my life and I was like, look, this, this has to be brought to light. And no one is really talking about it and making it um, not cool, but accepted and every day. Mm. And I said, I'm, I want to do something about this. So I, I went into Are You Okay and said, hey guys, I really love what you guys do. I'd love to come on board. And they were like, yeah, we'd love to have you. Um, and I didn't know this when I went to Are You Okay, but uh, one of my other brands that I work with, Audi, are actually one of Are You Okay's uh, main partners and sponsors. Oh, and wow, that's Audi, cool. Audi have a foundation um, that they donate to a, a plethora of um, charities like um, the Ronald McDonald charity, uh, uh, Are You Okay, um, the Smith family, I think. And so, yeah, I was like, wow, these, I didn't know this, but this is great. Um, and so that then the kind of concept to my video series with Are You Okay formed. Um, and there's a guy called James Corden, who's a celebrity over in the UK, and he picks up other celebrities and drives them around and talks to them about life and about work and um, they sing and have fun. And I really think there's something special about having a conversation in the car because I think people let their guard down a bit because they're not looking at each other in the eyes. And if they're talking about something uncomfortable, it's not this. You can look out the window and kind of have a bit of, you can kind of talk candidly. Mm. Um, and it's a safe space as well. Um, so I, I, I thought that, that what a great platform to, to start chatting to other people about mental health. And like I said, I think social people on social media get put on this pedestal like we're the epitome of life. Mm. Whereas what a lot of people don't understand is that you only really see the the polished 2% of what we do. Mm. You don't see all of the sadness, all of the hard times, all of the work, all of the family issues, all of the stuff that every human goes through. And I thought it was really important to, to I, uh, pull together all of my friends that I've made over the years in this industry who I know have at some stage dealt with some kind of mental health issue, whether it be themselves or their friends, and get them to talk about it because I think it's so important. And I honestly, I got about 14 people from different walks of life. I had um, rugby players, photographers, models, TV presenters. And I didn't, I, I expected it to do well, but I didn't expect it to do as well as what it did. Mm. Um, and I released it last week and the response has just been overwhelming from mm. the messages from people who maybe were in mental like in states of depression or suicidal thoughts who've messaged me saying, mate, I cannot thank you enough like for, for doing this. So it was, it was really fulfilling to, to do. It was a massive project. I, over the space of a week, I had 14 people in my car. Each person spoke for about 40 minutes. And you had and it all together. I had three cameras. Oh. Um, so it was, it was a massive project. And it was also quite hard for me because, because my friends did open up as much as they did. I heard some stuff that I hadn't heard before from some of my friends that really kind of shook me. Mm. And it was great because in the nature of the project, at least we were having that conversation. But when you're on camera and your friend <laughs> drops on you that they've um, tried to take their life before, it, it was hard. 
Um, so yeah, it, it took a lot. It was very tolling on me to then sit and have to watch that over and over again while I edited it. So it was a big project to get out, but I'm, I'm really glad that I did because um, it's, it, it seems like it started to just generate a bit of momentum into making mental health and, and people's well-being um, a much more um, focused and kind of in the forefront of everyone's minds. So, yeah. Mm. That's really good. The, the conversation starter, I think, is the beginning step for people because mm. in order to solve a problem, you've got to know it exists. Mm. And that's an important thing. And anyone who uses their social platform to try and spread awareness around a problem that we all face. I mean, let's face it, man, like we used to live in some of the worst, most terrible times. People's life expectancy was under 50. Like mm. People die of basic flu. And now we have existential crises now. We don't know why we do what we do. We don't know when to stop. We don't know who to talk to. And then all, and the social media landscape, it is like we think that celebrities or influencers are immune to struggle and they're immune to not having relationship problems and immune mm. to you know, even washing their own clothes. They probably think that you have like a servant or someone to do that. <laughs> it's silly, it's silly nope. thinking, but um, I think one of the drivers for social media into social media and looking up to people is this idea that I can feel significant there's this significance gap in people's emotional needs, I'm finding, and it's like, wow, I get, uh, Sam Evans said that, wow, and he's significant in the eyes of many people, mm. or this person, DJ Tiger, or the people he interviewed, that just um, has a ripple effect mm. with everyone because you've got a mass audience. So I think we do, people who do have a following have an opportunity to be like heroes or villains. Yeah. They're really, it's, the power is irrelevant. The power is how do you use your power? Mm. How do you use your authority? What do you stand for? And you're standing for some great things, man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you really that. are, man. You're telling great stories. You align yourself up with um, worthwhile causes, and I'm um, really proud that you're on the show, man. Thank I you. Appreciate your yeah. time. And thank you for having me as well. And um, thanks for anyone out there watching who, who's a fan or supporter. Um, I really appreciate the, the the family and the kind of community that I've built. And um, I honestly wouldn't be able to do what I do without their support and people like yourself who kind of bring a bit of put the spotlight on me every now and then so thank you that's nice man like nice to have you from behind the camera yeah yeah no, it's it a bit cool. uncomfortable with all these <laughs> I feel like i should be doing something like can i help you right now <laughs> um so it's keep an eye out for sam's stuff what site is there a site or anything ah uh, yeah so go on my instagram um at sam evans life and yep. my youtube channel you can just type my name in on youtube and find me pretty easy so yeah cool keep an eye out for sam's because he's just on the rise this guy's you're cool. gonna go next we're getting level there. we're getting there yeah, thank prime you. minister next okay? <laughs> why not <laughs> for prez <laughs> thanks guys thanks so much for listening to this podcast last year i was able to gather sponsors to be able to support our journeys to be able to travel to Melbourne to, to interview, say, Janine Alice, to be able to hire a film crew to come along, to keep this podcast up to scratch and to a higher standard. It requires funding. And we live in a society now which power is with the people. Like, if you like a, a filmmaker, if you like a musician, if you like a podcast and you get some value from it, that's brilliant. From as little as a $5 coffee a month, that could go a really long way to support your favorite programs because institutions and grants and all these things, it's getting much more harder just to, to be able to support original uh, shows like this. And I personally support multiple shows that I get value from. And I would love you to consider jumping on patreon.com.au and type in Matt Purcell 
And there you'll find like the Examine Life podcast, which you can at your own discretion support us in any capacity at all. And it's Patreon is designed to be able to be a reoccurring source of income to support a program or support a person. On top of um, the podcast, I'm also creating mental health programs for schools, particularly schools that can't afford the fees for like a program for their students because they might be in rural areas or they might have a small community. I'm wanting to create cost-effective mental health programs, which have been trialed for two years locally in my city with one of the most challenging high schools in our city as well. That's on Patreon also to support as well. And I've got products such as my mental health book, Life Hacks for Mindful Living, which is on mattpersell.com. And I've got some amazing products coming out just to be able to add value to it. It's a lot of free stuff as well. So I would appreciate you to consider any type of support, particularly with this podcast, if it adds value to your life. So follow us on Instagram for updates at Official, and we'll see you very soon. Thanks again.